heart thundering. Alfio clawed his way out of a nightmare about a thrashing, furious sea and an angry father. Merda, papa, no, still on his lips. He hauled himself to a sitting position and let his breathing slow. Alfio had been 18 when Domenico Tringali was lost to a boating accident in the bay across from the beautiful old family hotel in Sicily. Now Alfio was 38. For some reason, his dream father had been furious with him. The once loving gaze had flashed, the brow furrowed, the jaw rigid. Yet Alfio's real life memories were of a laughing man who'd loved his family with all his big heart. In the bed beside him, Hetty slept on, blonde hair tumbling about her peaceful face, her blue eyes closed. Her own apartment wasn't too far away, but at least half the week they shared a bed, an Englishwoman and an Italian man both living in Spain. Trying not to disturb her, Alfio slid from beneath the sheets and stole across the room to draw back the curtain and gaze at nighttime urban Barcelona, its lights scattered like beads on black velvet. Barcelona's contemporary apartment blocks weren't much like the Sicilian home he'd just dreamed of, Ortigia, where the squatter, beautifully ornate buildings had stood for centuries. Both cities lay beside the sea, but while Barcelona sprawled over hundreds of square kilometers, Ortigia, the island that formed the old city of Siracusa, connected to the rest of Sicily by two bridges, was a scant kilometer long. In his nightmare, Papa had been begging Alfio to return. The actual words had evaporated from the dream on waking, but their urgency still raced through Alfio's veins. He wiped sweat from his face. It wasn't hard to know why Ortigia was on his mind. His mother Agatha and sister Nanda were struggling to run the family hotel, Residenza dei Tringali. Agatha was recovering from a hysterectomy and had been let down by the first man she'd loved since Domenico's death. Nanda's baby, Marilu, also needed surgery, and Nanda's British husband had left before the baby was born. Alfio spoke to them every few days, and they insisted they were managing, but the last two years had been hard on hoteliers. Additional staff were difficult to afford. All his doubts and anxieties about his family welled queasily inside him, as he acknowledged that he held down a good job in communications, making use of his fluent Italian, English, and Spanish, and had financial reserves. Residenza dei Tringali had been in the family for four generations, and family members had always pulled together to keep it going, so he'd offered to put money into the business. He'd been refused, but maybe it wasn't about money. Perhaps they needed more tangible help. Alfio? Hetty interrupted his thoughts, her drowsy voice drifting from the bed. Are you okay? Alfio turned from the window. The sheet slipped from Hetty's white, naked shoulders. She was beautiful. They'd been together over a year, since a party at the home of one of his colleagues who attended the language school where she taught her native English. Impulsively, he crossed the room to land on the bed beside his free-spirited lover. If I went back to Sicily to help my family through their problems, would you come with me? There must be language schools in Siracusa. It is smaller than Barcelona, but still a city. Hetty drew back, her eyes enormous. Are you dreaming? Or am I? She rubbed her face, as if still trying to emerge from slumber. Softly, he laughed, slipping his arms around her warm body.
As she was speaking of dreams in such a pleasant context, he didn't mention that his sudden compulsion to go home had arisen from a nightmare. It is nice to think that moving to Sicily with me feels like a dream, but we are both awake. You know that Mamma and Nanda are struggling. They need me there for a while. Hetty gave an undreamlike recoil. I don't know your family. I'm happy in Barcelona. My friends are here. My whole life. My apartment. Disappointed, he let her edge from his embrace. I often suggested we visit, but you always put it off. You will make new friends. We could get an apartment together. She gazed at him with no sign of her usual ready smile. Like moving in together. I'm not going to give up the life I've created because you find it convenient. We've never discussed moving in. We never really agreed to become exclusive. Her final word rattled around his head like a coin falling down a drain. We are not exclusive? Her gaze slid away from his. I didn't say we weren't, she hedged. I'm just illustrating how big a step you're suggesting. Slowly, Alfio lay back against his pillow, shock melting his bones. But are we committed or are we not committed? Hetty's shrug was irritable and she gathered the sheet up about her breasts like a shield. Not moving in committed, not give up your life Hetty committed. His thoughts whirled. He'd acted on impulse, being the emotional Italian Hetty teased him about being, but still. I apologize. I have been presumptuous, he said stiffly. You are right. I asked you to give up a lot, with no warning. For a minute, neither of them spoke. Mentally, he reran her comment about exclusivity and halted, as if it was an enormous wall his thoughts couldn't climb over. He summoned the phrase Hetty used about any awkward, loud kind of silence. The elephant in the room, he murmured sadly, is that I must go, Hetty. She glanced at him, and her gaze softened, but she didn't give her answer even a moment's thought. I'm afraid I can't go with you, 